Some of you might not have been here, so I'll kind of catch you up. And for those of you that were here, I'll uh, remind you. And for those of you who were here last week and uh, uh, and didn't pay attention or slept, then I'm you know this is going to be all new to you as well. So we'll do that. We're we're going to finish today a, a sermon I started last week from Psalm chapter 100. And let me just let me just read that uh, as we get started. And and I'll I'll do just a quick review. If you've got your your notes in your bulletin, you'll see the first half of the uh, of the outline is already filled in. That's what we talked about last week. And I'll just touch base on that real quick so you know what we're talking about. But Psalm chapter 100 says this. And what, what we're really looking for is two things, the prerequisites of praise. We looked at one of them last week and the, other, the second one today. But this is what it says there. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever, and His faithfulness continues through all generations. So last week, we looked at that first part, which is simply this, the first prerequisite, and that is that there's a call to praise. And we looked at three simple things that we're to get excited and, and actually, I'll be honest, it was a little, maybe you're glad you weren't here last week, a little uncomfortable, because we noticed that that passage starts out and tells us that we're to shout for joy. Uh, and, and that whole idea of getting excited to the point of shouting and coming before Him to worship Him with gladness uh, puts us in a, in a thought of when was the last time we shouted for joy. And we realize that oftentimes we get more excited about things that have nothing to do with God, uh, sports teams and other activities that really get us excited to the point of, of shouting. So, so I did point out that at least we need to think about that. Maybe that's not the only way we can interpret that, but we are at least to, to think about that. So, so we're to get excited, but we're also, we're also to get real. Uh, and, and the reality of that is that God, God made us, uh, and, and God is God and we are not. So, so God is here and we're down here. And the truth is, when we understand who God is, when we look at ourselves in, in the reflection of who God is and understand how powerful He is and that God is in control, it, it puts things kind of in a right perspective for us. And the truth is, it makes it a little bit easy for, easier for us to, to get excited, to, to shout for joy if we understand where we are in that progression, that God is God and we, uh, we're not God. And, and the last thing we, we looked at is that we, we need to get up. The, the reality, the reality of shouting for joy, maybe for us, is when we do what God has called us to, to do. How, how, how do we truly shout for joy? Uh, how do we, we make God, uh, an exciting part of our life? It's when we get up and we begin to serve Him. So when we walk out of these doors, and we're the hands and feet of Jesus. We walk out these doors and we represent Him. When we walk out of these doors and we love like He did and forgive like He did and, 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 and see people like Christ sees us, when we do that, then that truly is shouting joy to the Lord. So, uh, so we're, we're, we're called to, uh, to praise, but the second part uh, of the, the prerequisite or, or the second prerequisite is that the passage shows us there's a cause to praise. If, if you look at verse 3, um, verse 3 says there, and, and we talked a little bit about this last week, know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, 
the sheep of his pasture. Note, note what it says there, that the Lord is God. Now, now going back to that call to praise, if that's kind of our, our first prerequisite, if that's what we're called to do that, and this passage kind of is one that leads us there, if, if the Lord is God, if we understand that's who he is, it makes it so much easier for us then to, to give him praise. This passage, I, or, or this call here is, I see two ways. First of all, there's something that's implied here. The Lord, uh, know that the Lord is God, is he who made us, we are his. There's two things implied. It, it implies that he is in control. Uh, uh, it is he who made us and that he is caring. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. If you have your Bibles, flip over, if you will, to, uh, to John, uh, the Gospel of John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and it, it kind of tells us a little bit about that idea of God being the, uh, the shepherd and Jesus being the shepherd. John chapter 10 starts in verse 7 there. Jesus, therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, now the mental picture may not mean much to us, but the mental picture for, for his hearers that day, the, the, the ones that would have heard him, they would have understood exactly what he was talking about. Uh, a sheep pen was also oftentimes built out uh, in the countryside and rocks would be, would be stacked up together and, and there would be a little opening into that sheep pen. So at night, to protect the, the sheep, the shepherd would herd the sheep into that sheep pen and, and literally lay in the, the opening. The shepherd would lay in that opening to protect his sheep so they wouldn't get out and nothing would get in. So when Jesus says, I'm the gate, that's what he's talking about. The good, uh, continue on verse seven. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who, uh, all who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And he says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus there literally lays down his life for us. So, so we see implied in this passage when it says the Lord is good, that he is in control. If he made us, then he must be, and that that he is caring for us. Now, how does this how does this help us praise him? Here's a problem we have in 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 our world, and 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 by by that I mean uh, for us here in Troy, Kansas, or us here in the United States, we have we have a hard time trusting this kind of passage, and that's why I believe this passage is important for us. We need to understand that God is God. The, the, the Lord is God and He is, He is in control and He cares for us, but, but we struggle with that. And I think it's important for us to understand this idea as it relates to us praising Him. Because the truth is we, we tend to trust ourselves. Now, now, I wonder why our church is not packed full today. Why, why is every pew not full and, and people are standing in the back and, and the back doors are open and they're, they're hanging out outside just to get a glimpse of what's going on? Why, why is our church not crammed full? You know why? It's because people don't think they need God. I, I remember, um, and, and maybe you can remember back to this as well, I remember the Sunday following 9-11, one of our biggest non-Easter services when I was at Rushville was that Sunday. Why? People were scared to death. 
People didn't know what was going to happen. What's happening to our world? Suddenly people uh, in our world were wondering, maybe I need God. Why aren't we cramful? Because in our world, I mean, we're comfortable. None of us really worry about when our meal, next meal's coming from. Even, even the poor in our communities don't really worry too much about our next meal or, or, or whether we're going to have some of the niceties of life. And I wonder if our church isn't full today, and, and hopefully I won't get in trouble by saying this. I wonder, <coughs> I wonder if we're not crammed full today because even, even we don't necessarily need God sometimes. See, if we live like we don't need God, then why would our world around us, why would the people we come in contact with feel like they need, they need God? When we understand this passage, when we, when we internalize, when, when we let it sink in, know that the Lord is God. Which, which is telling me, it's implying there that since He made us, He's in control. And, that's stated many other times in Scripture. If God is in control, if, if He really is running the whole thing, and, and no matter what happens to us, good or bad, God's still there. God is in control. Won't that change how we live? Won't that change our attitude towards shouting for joy and giving praise to God? Let me, let me illustrate it uh, this way. Because when we understand, when, when we come to God with a with a spirit of, God, you're in control. It changes the way we think. Uh, it's about five years ago, we were down in, uh, in Mexico. It was over at Christmas time. We'd taken the, uh, the Christmas boxes down and I, let me just kind of throw out an announcement there and kind of get yourselves, your hearts prepared for this. I, uh, this last week spent two days in Juarez and, uh, and taking pictures. So here in, a, in about a month, we're going to have some pictures of little kids for you to adopt and, and we'll take those boxes down, uh, uh, again, this December. But we were down doing that one time about five years ago. And, and my friend Kelly told me this story. We'd, we'd gone to the grocery store, the S-Mark grocery store there in Annapra. Uh, and, and we walked in, Kelly and a couple of the other guys took Pastor Hector. And, and we'd take a little bit of money. And so they took Pastor Hector to buy food so he could give to the families in his church. Now, I'd, I'd gone a different direction because I'd taken a family that we know and was buying them food. So I'd went one way and Pastor Hector and Kelly and, and the other guys went another way. After we had left the store, Kelly came up and said, Tim, i got to tell you something. You're not going to believe this. He said, Pastor Hector was so excited when, when, when we said, hey, we want to buy food. And, and, and you know what he was most excited about? He said he went, he went back to the corner where, where the meat is and he bought a bunch of hot dogs. Um, now, I don't know if any of you guys that went to Mexico last summer saw the hot dogs back there, the, but... If, if the hot dogs in America are the, I've heard this to be true, I don't know if it is, the, all the stuff left on the floor from the butchering price is all ground together and that, that's a hot dog. If that's our hot dogs, the hot dogs in Mexico, Mexico are the stuff that falls in the cracks and they gotta shovel out or, their hot dogs are the nastiest looking things. And I've had a few of them there, they really don't have a lot of taste, but just enough taste to make you, know, so, but, but Hector, Hector said to Kelly, he said, man, he said, I'm excited that, that, that I, I got to buy hot dogs. Cause when I hand out the, the, the food packs this year and, and he'd hand it out to several families in his community, he said, when I hand out the food, cause he, he'd already been, been stockpiling some rice and some beans and some canned goods. When I hand out their Christmas, their Christmas box of food, 
they're going to have meat this year. <laughs> they're going to have meat. Now I'm thinking, no, they're having hot dogs. They're not having meat. <laughs> they're, and, and, and they're nasty hot dogs. But he was excited because, because he's going to get to hand out hot dogs. Now, can, can I get anyone to do this? Can, I always look for people to just join me. And I, and I, I like to be up front. I don't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So, so Rita, you, you tell me if this is okay. How about this year at Christmas, Troy Christian Church? How about we serve hot dogs for Christmas? Are you with me, hon? <laughs> anyone with me? Because my wife's not with any, Anyone? Hot dogs for Kevin? Kevin? Yeah, you're cooking for Christmas. Huh? Hot dog. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> all beef, yeah. Get the ones from Sam's. Those aren't too bad, actually. If, see it this way. If, if some of our brothers and sisters can get excited about having hot dogs at Christmas, if, if some of the, our brothers and sister, sisters in Christ, fellow followers of the Lord, when they, when they had their Christmas box delivered to them by Pastor Hector, and they, they were looking through and they saw rice and beans, yes, and some tortillas, yes, and there's a can of corn, yes, and some tomatoes, yeah, hot dogs. If they could praise God, if, if some of our fellow believers in the Lord could raise their hands heavenly and, and say, thank you God for your provision for me, thank you God for taking care of me, because they had hot dogs in their Christmas box. If, if that is what causes praise, Church, definitely, we talked about this a little bit last week, definitely that should challenge us. But, but what does it do? It puts us in a place where we understand that God is in control. Now, now maybe hot dogs for us would be a disappointment, but when, when your wife puts out the turkey or, or, or there's the big old plate of mashed potatoes and there's Sister Schubert rolls and, and, and pecan pie, which I wouldn't thrill me, but, but pumpkin pie and all, Man, if, if, if we can, if we can give thanks, if we can thank God for His, His, His care for us and His enduring love, it just changes the way we see things. So it's implied there that God is in control and that, that, that He cares for us. But it states this. It states that we are planned. It states that we are planned and we are His. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. It is He who made us. It's stating specifically there that God had planned you. Do you, do you realize that God planned you? That He's got a plan for your life? Uh, we, we know I mentioned a few weeks ago from, uh, from later on in Psalm, Psalm 139, before you were ever born, God knit you together and He numbered your days God knows who you are and He's got a plan for your life. God's got great things for you to do and blessings for you and opportunities for you to be a blessing. We are, we are planned. It states there that we are planned and, and more so than that, we belong to Him since we're, we're the sheep of His pasture. That, that term doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but, but, but we are planned and we are His. We belong to Him. Now, now let me, let me tell you another story. It's another Mexico story. I, I apologize, but, uh, Several years ago, I don't know, it had to be, had to be 12, 15 years ago, we were down in the summer at one of the, the, our mission trips, and at the end of the trip, and that year we'd, we'd had a VBS and a work project, and our VBS people 
we're getting done the last day, and we'd kind of worked up to this. On the last day, we would hand out uh, we would hand out a little gift bag, and it had uh, school supplies, crayons, and and uh, paper and pencils and all that kind of stuff, and it had shampoo and soap and deodorant and all that kind of. And you know, I don't know that we'd stand in line for that here, but boy, kids would just get excited uh, about that and. And usually the last day was our biggest day because they knew that we were going to hand this stuff out. And we sometimes, I don't know, maybe up to 125 to 150 kids would come and we would hand these gift bags. One year I got, and we only did it one year, by the way. One year I decided we're going to give them a t-shirt. So we got some fairly cheap t-shirts that said, Christ, uh, on the front was a big heart that said, Christ, Christ loves you, Jesus uh, loves you. And on the back we had it specially printed, uh, uh, Christ, uh, Iglesia de Cristo, uh, an day Annapolis, uh, Church of Christ of Annapolis. Uh, and, and so we were going to hand these shirts out. So when it came time to hand all this stuff out, we, we had our missionary announce it to, for the kids to get in line. And you would have thought we were handing out $100 bills. I mean, kids started lining up and they were pushing and shoving, fighting. And, you know, we had to break up fights as these kids all lined up, except for a couple kids. I, I remember specifically one, one little girl, her, her name's, uh, Angelica. Some of you guys met her. She goes by the, by Lupita now. Uh, but, but we bought food for her this summer when we were in, uh, in Mexico. She's a grown lady now. But, but I remember Angelica and her sister Maribel. And while everyone else was pushing and shoving to get in line, they, they were just standing off kind of almost uninterested. They're like, eh, no big deal. You know why? Because they were our girls, we we we'd kind of adopted that family. Um, when I was down in Mexico Tuesday uh, or Wednesday, I I took Maribel for for the family to the grocery store and bought them some food. And so, but they were our girls and they were our family. And maybe maybe I shouldn't have done this, <laughs> but before we handed stuff out, I said, Angelica, come here, Maribel, come here, um, and the younger brother Ugo, come here. Here's your T-shirt. See, I want to make sure my kids got the right size. And I want to make sure they didn't run out. So so back in a back room of the church, there was their bag of goodies and their T-shirt that was the exact size. We had them try them on to make sure they, you know, the the exact size. And so when it came time, they didn't have to worry about getting in line because they knew whose they were. They belonged to us. We had taken care of them. Did it change stuff? Man, they didn't have to push and shove or do any of that. The, the Lord is God and we are His. Man, it just changes our way of thinking. It ties us back to the call, the, the call to praise, the call to, to, to give Him glory, the call to shout His name, if not literally, at least with our life, when we know who we belong to. But not only that, we'll, we'll look at this one last point. Not only is the Lord uh, God, but the Lord is good. Look at uh, look at verse 5. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. The Lord is good. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn was in uh, uh, imprisoned in a labor camp in Soviet Union. Uh, he, he tells this story when in, in, uh, during his, uh, his persecution, he, he got to a point where he became very discouraged and depressed and, and literally to the point where he almost gave up. He said, I, I literally was considering suicide. 
I just saw no point. He said, one day as they were out in, in the labor camp, they had a little bit of a break, and he said, I, I sat down, and he said, a guy came by and sat down beside me. I said, I'd never seen him before, and I never saw him again, but the guy sat down beside me, and he picked up a stick, and, and with that stick, he drew a cross in the sand. Solzhenitsyn says that, that he sat there for quite some time just staring at the cross, just looking at the cross. And, and this is what he later said. Staring at the cross, I realized that therein lies freedom. At that point, in the midst of the storm, he, he received a new courage and a will to live. The storm didn't end. It continued on, but he found the strength to go on because he realized the Lord was enduring. For the Lord is good. His love endures. His faithfulness continues through all generations. i tell you one more Mexico story. I, I have to share it because it just happened to me Wednesday night. I, I went to the Galeana Church to take pictures there and, and was met outside uh, right after I arrived by, by, by my brother Oscar. Oscar is... Uh, is an interesting guy. Some of you got to meet him this uh, this last year. Oscar's the one, he and his wife, that came Wednesday out to Napa and, and fixed a meal for us. And Oscar's just just a wonderful man of, of the Lord. And 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 I was talking to Oscar, and he, he pointed over, and um, your guest has arrived, Shelby. So, sorry about that. And Oscar pointed over to a, a kind of an old car that was parked there, and and this is what he said. He said to me, the Lord is good. And he began to tell, tell me the story about the, the car. And he said, he said, a friend of my wife's, uh, Oscar several years ago was deported. Uh, he, he grew up in, in the U.S. illegally and, and got in trouble with drugs and ended up in prison, got deported um, back to, to, to Mexico. But his wife, who is a U.S. citizen, still lives in El Paso. And a friend of his wife's had given her the car and she brought it over for him. In, in Mexico and, and, and he, he said, she gave me that car and, and, and he, then he told me a couple stories about that and each time he kept saying, man, the Lord is, the Lord is good. He said, I, I was driving downtown and he got stopped. He said, I got pulled over and, and the guy looked at the tags and it came back that the tags were illegal tags. The guy that had given the car had tags that were, weren't, weren't legal. And in Mexico, it kind of blows me away. Some stuff that's, is no big deal, and other things is in Mexico. It's a felony to have illegal tags on your car, and so he was facing jail time for having that. And he said the cops pulled him in, and they were reading him the riot act. He said, "I gave my kids; his kids were with him. I gave them bus money to get to the border so they could call mom and have her pick him up." And he said, I, "I just told them, well, the Lord's good." And and as they they told him, "Don't you know that's illegal?" He said, "You know, I didn't know it was. Sorry, I didn't realize they were illegal tags." I apologize for that. And, and we can send you to jail. And, and Oscar the whole time sat there saying, well, you know, if you do, the Lord's good. See, Oscar became a Christian in jail. And this is what he said. Well, if I go to jail, give me an opportunity to minister. You know, I, I've done time before. I know what it's like. And, and I can lead people to Christ there. The Lord is good. He said a little bit later on, the, the, the guy that was in charge said, you know what, you've been very polite and understand we're going to let you go. So Oscar, the first thing he did was he went to get the car inspected. I guess they have an inspection process there and get, get tags. And he took it to a shop and the guy said, there's no way this car is going to pass inspection. And it was kind of a beater. And he said, there's no way it's going to pass inspection. And Oscar said, 
Well, God is good. And, and so the guy said, well, you know what? If you'll give me 250 pesos, I'll pass. And, and Oscar was tempted, but he said, you know, no, I, I, don't, I don't think I should do that. Go ahead and hook it up to the machine. And the guy said, I can hook it up, but it's not going to pass. And Oscar said, well, the Lord's good. He said he hooked it up, and, and there's five indicators. He said they all came up red, and then one turned green. And he said, I was looking, and then the second turned green, and the third and the fourth, and then there was a pause, and the fifth one turned green. He said, God is good. The, the, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. He is faithful. He is enduring, and He is there for us. We, we are called to praise Him. And the cause of that praise is that God is who He is. That God is, is God. The Lord is God, and, and the Lord is there, and the Lord is good. John Bowes was a chairman. Uh, this has been years ago, but he was a chairman of, of the parent company of the Whammo a toy company. The Whammo Toy Company, if you're not familiar, was the company that came out with the Frisbee. And, and years ago, uh, John, John Boyce, who was a, a believer, sent, uh, uh, several hundred of these Frisbees to, uh, to Angola, Africa, uh, thinking, well, to, to a couple of orphans, thinking that, that it'll be a blessing. They'll, they'll enjoy playing with these toys and have a good time. It, it was several months later that, he sent a representative of his company over there just to see what was going on. And, and when they got to the orphanage, they saw the, 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 the kids with these frisbees. And, and the lady in charge of the orphanage says, thank you so much for the gift. These plates that you sent are wonderful. The kids just love eating off them. And not only that, they carry water with them too. They, and, and some of the kids even go down the stream and they're able to catch fish with this plate that you sent. God is so good. Thank you for sending those. And the guy was a little dumbfounded, like, but, but that's not what they're for. They're, they're a toy. And he took one of the plates from a boy and he said, go over there. And, and he stepped back and he tossed the, the frisbee. He said the, the representative from the, 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 uh, the orphanage was just dumbfounded, like, and they're a toy too. <laughs> God is so good. And she praised the Lord that they had sent plates that could be tossed back and forth as a toy. God is good. God is good. The Lord does bless us. If you're this morning and you need to know about that blessing, you need to know who God is. If if you want to learn how to praise Him, then understand we're called to, number one. That, that's what His call is is that our life is to praise Him and, and, and to lift Him up. And the cause of that is simple. The, the cause of that is, 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 the, is the Lord is God. And God is in control. We, we might think we run our own life. We might think we've got it all put together. But the truth is God's, God's in control. And He does care about us. And He's good. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we thank You this morning. Father, we thank You that You're there, that You love us, that You care for us. Father, we are called to give you praise. And, and I know, uh, Lord, maybe we're uncomfortable sometimes being real uh, demonstrative about that or, or shouting in public. But, Father, our lives can be an example of that. And, and the reality is the truth of praise comes when we do what you called us to do. When we love like you love, when we serve like you serve, 
when we give like you called to give. Father, that that is a shout of praise. Father, it it's our cause to praise you because you are who you are. You are God. You, you are the one who made us and who sustains us, who is faithful to us. Father, we thank you for that blessing, Lord, and guide us as we leave this place to be your witness, to be your hands and feet. Father, to be a light in, in a dark place, to be a salt in a place that needs to be touched. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to come this morning for prayer, for encouragement, if you need to know this Jesus that we've talked about, we'd invite you to come as we stand. Thank you.